0: Is the Chris Sheeran Show only on yesnetwork.com? Guess who's back? Back again. Thank you, Steve Kamer, for the wonderful intro. It's Chris Shearn and Doug Williams. Hello, everybody. And on the Chris Sheeran Show, uh, it feels good to be back. Uh, I th- want to thank Doug and Lou DiPietro for keeping the podcast. Alive here on yesnetwork.com with the Yes Men, hashtag Yes Men podcast. You should also listen to that one, too. Those guys do a tremendous job. But it feels good to be back, and, you know, I've been itching to do this. I've just been been busy, my goodness. Um, Fox Sports, Women's College Basketball, Big East Basketball, I've been having a ball doing that. Uh, Nets, I got the BK Connect going. So, you know, if you're a Net fan out there, or even if you're not a Net fan, you want to ask a question for our BK Connect crew, you can always – Go on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and the uh, Instagram accounts of Yes Network, and using the hashtag BK Connect, you can get your questions out to the guys uh, and myself that way on uh, the nets. So, just a busy man, that's the way I like it. Uh, I don't like to be not busy. <laughs> I know. Uh- Um, My my buddy here, Doug, is always busy, always in the office. Him and Matt Stucco have done a tremendous job with the dot-com, and I have to say that before we get underway here. But like I said, I was itching to get back because there's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about. And the first thing, I know it's kind of old news right now, but I just want to throw my two cents in. I'm not really you know, breaking any news here, but the whole Richard Sherman thing of the Seahawks and how he ended the game in his post-game interview on Fox with Aaron Andrews. And everybody had... Their collective underwear in a bunch over his antics, and you know, if you if you followed the NFL and you followed Sherman, you know, you know he's a little bit of a clown, especially in the heat of the moment. Right, he's a smack talker. Yeah, it, he's one of the worst in the NFL. But now, correct me if I'm wrong, Doug. But you know, when I was growing up, I'm 40 years old. I'm older than you, obviously. Um, but when I was growing up, you know, Munson and Fisk. Uh, you know, these sports rivalries where these players weren't out before the game smacking each other on the fanny. And, you know, even when I played sports as a kid, you know, before you went onto the field, it wasn't just your dad. It was the coaches once you get on the field. Once you get in between those lines, no one's your friend, okay? That attitude is gone. I applaud Sherman. Now, look, could he have handled the interview a little bit better? You know, could he have just been a little bit more... I don't know. People bring up the word class. Why do you have to be classy? I don't think you have to be classy, but the word I want to use is professional. Um, You know, someone asks you a question. I know you're pumped up. And if you ask me, the competitor I was, I would have probably done the same thing, especially if somebody was talking smack to me the whole game. I was always taught, let your play do the talking. And Sherman, obviously, you know, he could talk the talk, Doug, but he could also walk the walk. Right. There's, there's not too many guys who do that anymore.
1: He is basically the best corner in the league. He's dominant. He, he shuts wide receivers down. He shut Crabtree down for the most part. I do think, though, that there is something to be said about uh, when a player does that, does his job, and does it maybe the best in the league with class, with, with dignity. And, 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 I, I, and the word I would use, I know that that's almost going against exactly what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, it's fine. What, what about being humble? What about
0: that? But see, that's not Sherman, and he's not going to change. He's not humble. That's the thing that drives me nuts about what happened. Everybody – and we live in a time where you can't hurt anybody's feelings and everybody's a winner.
1: That reminds me of the, the podcast we hosted oh, together, The Yes Men. As we were Lord. talking about the, uh, the incognito.
0: Good thing. Lord. I mean George Carlin, God rest his soul, he said it the best. Well, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't say what he said. (laughs) But he basically just said, you know, everybody gets a trophy. Everybody wins. It ruins kids. It does. I just had this conversation with my five-year-old the other day. She was playing Go Fish with my mother-in-law, and she lost. And she went bat, you know what, crazy. And I pulled her aside. I said, listen, Mackenzie – You have to learn how to lose. And you have to learn how to lose with some dignity and respect. You're going to lose. You're not going to go through life winning everything you do. And I play stupid games with her on the computer. I beat her. I want her to get that feeling because kids need that feeling. You can't win all the time. How is that going to set you up for later in life? You have to taste defeat in order to enjoy and savor and work hard to win. There's nothing in it for you if you win all the time, and 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 this whole thing about Sherman maybe r- rubbing some feathers the wrong way, get over it. You know, if Carlton Fisk and Thurman Munson did what they used to do back in the mid late seventies, would you know would they came, would they have come out and said the same thing about Fisk and Munson?
1: Well, the thing is, Chris, that our outlook on athletes has totally changed. We now like to know who athletes are on and off the field, well, on Twitter and off the court. Well, is,
0: Twitter is nuts, yeah, too. Yeah.
1: Athletes are tweeting. We like to know about their personal lives. We want to know that they're family men. We want to know that they're married with kids and that they lead these lives that we want to but you know, nobody's, impersonate. But
0: nobody's perfect. And, and see, but that's, we want everyone to. I, be. I know, and that's the problem, and that's where Twitter comes in. You know, now, everybody has this, I want. I don't want to say unfettered access, because not everybody responds to tweets. But the fact that you could follow somebody and actually talk to them, I mean, their timelines are probably riddled with tweets, but they might see a tweet from you. You know, you weren't getting a Clark Gable, <laughs> you know, back in the day. You know, you sent a letter and then his people opened the letter and they wrote a letter back to you.
1: Yeah, they and like ma- tested it for anthrax.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, come on it's just, you're right, it's a different time that we live in, but I just I think people they they really have to grow some thicker skin could sh- now listen, I agree with you to a certain extent. do you handle yourself with a little bit of professionalism, especially during an interview on national television after a huge game where you're going to the Super Bowl yeah, but it, and I said it on Facebook. Did Sherman shock me? No, because that's him. I, I knew that was going to happen. So if you were
1: producing that interview live because you've produced a lot of TV right. before – would you have cut away like Fox? did? I don't think they cut away. I just I think he I think he left. I agree with you. I think he did leave, but I also don't think that they had any interest in bringing him back. Listen, because the of, guy
0: uh, is a Stanford graduate. Okay, he's educated. He's not going to drop any curses. I. He knows he, he's not going to curse on the air. He's not going to give you anything stupid. But he's going to be WWE. That's who he is. And you know you know. Crabtree and, and, and Sherman were probably talking smack the whole game. And if you've ever been involved in a situation, and I used to keep my mouth shut. I never talked smack to anybody. I let them talk smack to me. And then when the game was over, I would just point to the scoreboard. If, if we won. <laughs> if we lost. I right. wouldn't do anything. i just walk silly. away. Yeah. But I, I would just point to the scoreboard. That was the ultimate. You lost. You could talk all you want. You could run your mouth all you want. We won i I was never the guy that was going to get in your face, talk smack, and then after the game make you hear about it because you were talking smack. I just silently walked away because I always thought that was even more deafening than actually getting in somebody's face and saying something. The fact that they didn't get in your head, they didn't mess up your game and you and your team went on to win, that means the world, I think, to everything in this situation. but as far and the other thing I wanted to bring up is the word thug. Now, that's where everybody took it a little too far. No, way too far. And good for Sherman, I, I, I sat there and I watched that whole interview he did. Um, it was just him at the podium by himself talking about what happened on Fox. And he brought up the thug word. And he said, you know, that's just a a, 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 a name now to, to supplant the N-word. And, and I agree with him. I do wholeheartedly. I, people just use that word; they throw it out. And 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 he was just so. You want to talk about class? He might not have shown class on the field after the game, but he was nothing but class in that press conference. He handled himself wonderfully. He he answered every question. Uh, he even made a, a joke about the Flames and, and who do the Flames play. Oh yeah, the Canucks with the, the Canucks the and the fight. Flames. As soon as the puck drops. <laughs> There's an entire line fight, you know, but no one used the word thug there. And he was right. I cannot disagree with Sherman. When that word comes, you're talking about a Stanford graduate. Come on. The guy talks a little trash. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with Sherman. And if anybody is rooting for the Broncos out there because of Richard Sherman, they want to shut him up. You're childish. You're back in high school. You really are. And maybe even grade school. Get over it. That's what sports is all about. When you're talking about sports, to me, that's a line that you can cross. Okay? In any other walk of life, you know, politics, you know, big time news, whatever, you don't cross those lines. But in sports, that's one of the great things about it. It, It's not, it's a way to release, you know, especially if you're a player. You know, look at fans. Fans sit at the bar or wherever and they watch the games. These games, especially the NFL games, If they weren't around, where would the catharsis be? You know, how would fans get rid of their angst? I mean, this is how they get rid of their angst. Every Sunday, you know, if you've had a long work week, you're a blue-collar worker, you go watch your football team play at the bar, that's where you get out some frustration. That's where you talk smack to your friends. That's where you start texting on Facebook and all that other stuff. I will say this,
1: though, Chris. I think I I like Richard Sherman, and I totally agree with you in that one post game. We never re- agree. One, <laughs> one post game uh, sound on tape is not enough to no. root for a team. No. So, but I will say this though, I think. That you see someone's true nature in an interview like that before he can talk to his people, before he can talk to his manager and the PR department in Seattle,
0: and before he can talk to his agent he about what he that, should say. But he admitted that. He said on the field, I'm a different person on the field than I am off the field. Right. Now, maybe he went to his people to maybe have him
1: say that. I think they said – I think they said, look – Re-emphasized the fact I don't that you're th- a Stanford grad. Yeah, and 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 he went out and said, "Yeah, I agree. I don't. I you know, I stand by my statement. I don't think Richard. I, I don't think Michael Crabtree is a top-flight wide receiver." But then they asked about the Broncos' wide receivers, and he you know, candied up to them. He said, "Yeah, they're all
0: great. Like they're all fantastic." <laughs> well, well, then you know, they they probably, I probably Pete Carroll told yeah, the to watch. Yeah, that's his what mouth. I that's what I think because but, because he doesn't want. Listen, everybody talks about bulletin board material. When the ball is kicked off, the bulletin board means Jack Jack squat. It doesn't mean anything as I bring back Chris Farley for a <laughs> second there. Jack squat. Um, but I, I, I think besides his people, and I wouldn't put that Pat I think you have a little bit of uh, validity there, a little truth to that. but I think 80% of it was his head coach, maybe the defensive coordinator. Hey Richard, you're going to talk to the media today. Do me a favor. Don't talk about Peyton. (laughs) Don't talk about Wes Welker. Don't talk about Demarius Thomas. Don't talk about uh, Julius Thomas. Just, you know.
1: Right, because at the end of the day. Who am
0: I forgetting? Decker, Eric Decker. Don't talk about Eric Decker. But, Chris,
1: besides guarding Crabtree well, at the end of the day, what Richard Sherman did was create a distraction.
0: He did. You're absolutely right. He did. So, whether or not you. But you know why he created a distraction? Because of Twitter. And because of 24-hour news picking up on it. And you can rewind and and record the video. DVR, exactly. And it's on Facebook, it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram, it's everywhere. That's the difference. Going back to what you said before, we live in a different time. And when somebody does that, it just doesn't happen and go away. It happens and it stays around. We're still talking about it. It happened over a week ago. Yeah, you
1: know. So, and, and besides Peyton Manning, I would say it's the number two storyline going into the Super Bowl. Still, maybe with the weather at number two, maybe it's number three. But it, a lot of people are still talking about it.
0: It's trending, yeah, as, as the kids like to yeah. say now. They want to get it trending. Now, let's talk about the game. Enough about Sherman. I just needed to get that off my chest. So it's Broncos Seahawks. A lot of kids out there don't realize this, but these two used to play each other twice. Every year in the AFC West, <laughs> the Seahawks uh, came to the NFC, I believe, in 2005, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was
1: recent. I, uh, I don't know what year.
0: 2005, they went to the Super Bowl. As soon as they made the switch to the NFC, they lost to the Steelers. And, you know, you ask Hasselback about that game, he still talks about the officiating in that game. Uh, but he thinks the Seahawks got robbed. I do to an extent, too. Um, but this used to be an AFC West battle. And growing up, I have to admit... Uh, I, I Listen, I grew up a Cowboy fan because of Drew Pearson. He's from my hometown. He used to come home, give me autograph stuff, and take pictures. He played baseball with my father. So we had that connection. So I was a Cowboy fan. Drew got into a bad accident. I've told this story before. I won't go long into it. But he had got into a bad, bad accident, couldn't play football anymore. He ruptured his spleen. The doctors told him if he got – and his brother died in that accident, by the way. Uh, and, and if he got hit again the wrong way, he could die as well. So he retired, and when Drew retired – So did my fandom of the Cowboys. I transferred over to the Giants if I wanted to live in my house with my dad. Um, So from 1985 until now, I've been a Giant fan. But during my formative years, uh, it was one of those things where – I like the helmets, and I like the jerseys, so I was... I still root for teams because of that, like sea, in college the, yeah, football. Yeah, the
1: Seahawks. Which team has the nicer helmets, I right, root for them. Right,
0: That's how Dwayne, on What's Happening, picked the <laughs> Buccaneers over the Raiders and lost um, his cousin, our, our reruns' cousin, all that money. Sorry, I'm dating myself here talking about what's happening. But anyway, uh, I became a Seahawks fan because of their helmets, uh, <laughs> because of their uniforms. I just loved uh, the uniforms. But Chuck Knoll... Uh, was their head coach, um, just, you know, Joe Nash. I am just remembering all these names, Joe Nash was their nose guard. And my friend Brian Sanborn, who probably listened to this later, he was right there with me. We used to sit there in study hall doing the Go Seahawks chant that used to be in the Kingdome <laughs> in study hall, annoying the heck out of our teacher. But uh, I, these are things I remember. And I just think, Doug, this is the old guard in Peyton Manning against Russell Wilson, you know, the young gun coming in. You know, they got that, uh, that game line along with the weather and along with Sherman and along with Peyton and his journey back from the neck injury. I, I, I just think there's too much to prove here for Peyton Manning. I know Seattle has a great defense. Uh, and I, I was predicting this for the longest time. I wanted to see that Bronco offense and that Seahawk defense in the Super Bowl in New York. In the elements, I want to see who reigns supreme. And I just think, as I said all year to myself and to anybody who's heard me, the Broncos, when they're clicking on offense, they just they have too much. And, you know, I just heard an interview with with Peyton Manning on my way in today with Dan Patrick. It was a great interview, by the way. Um, And he asked Peyton, you know, what are you going to do with that aggressiveness of the Seahawks defense? Can you play that against them? And Peyton, you know, the professional, you talk about a professional, that's a professional who handles interviews the, the way a professional should. Uh, no offense to Mr. Sherman. But Peyton basically said, you know, I don't think that could be the number one thing in your game plan. Uh, I don't think we're worrying about that right now. We're just worrying about a lot of other things like the weather and, and, and everything else. But all we need to do is what we've, what we've done all season long on offense. And I think if the Broncos <sighs> – have a smidge just a smidge of a running game i don't care who it is in that backfield i don't care oh, who you, it is
1: you you think no sean's gonna get up for this one he's from middletown he, he's gonna be so psyched he could be the first player from new jersey to ever win the super Bowl in his home state well there you go that well i
0: think you know this is the only chance you're gonna have <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> to tell you the truth so no sean better get it done but uh i don't care who it is uh, it could be marino it could be anybody. Just a little bit, just to give the Seahawks, keep them a little bit honest, because you know they're going to have their ears pinned back on defense and they're going to come after Peyton with everything they have. You know, I know they have, and they can, because of Sherman and their cornerbacks. They can do that. They could afford to do that. The Giants, when they won the Super Bowl, you know, they had the defensive line, they had that front seven. They didn't have defensive backs, and you saw the Giants, how they've crumbled without that pass rush. Right, That defensive backfield, <laughs> that's coming to light now, and that's why the Giants are sitting at home watching this one at MetLife, and that countdown clock that was in their practice facility will be turning to dust soon. <laughs> They'll still be waiting for that one, uh, but uh, I, I really think Peyton has too much to prove in this game, Doug. I, I, I just don't see any way... I, I think it'll be close... I think it'll be close, and I think Russell Wilson is great. Only one interception in the playoffs. I mean, he knows what he he knows what he has to do to keep his team in the game. But I just think, you know, the preparation that Peyton goes through. Uh, and he did it last year, I don't know how the hell they lost to the Ravens in that divisional championship game. Uh, that, that pass, I think it was, was it Jacoby Jones? Yeah, Jacoby Jones. Oh, my goodness. I, I still, I, I, I didn't even play in the game, and I still see it when I close my eyes sometimes and how that has to just get into Peyton's head and, and, and mess with him. And to know how to know how much he prepares and to know how much that goes into it every week, He, you know, Dan Patrick's asking him about the defense. He knows everybody at every position. He watches so much film. I mean, there was a documentary about the banks that collapsed in 2008 called Too Big to Fail. And, Doug, I just think the Broncos in their offense are too big to fail.
1: Yeah, I mean, good luck guarding all of those guys. I mean, exactly. We, when, if you watch the game against the Pats, it was as if every time Peyton Manning dropped back, there was somebody open. didn't matter who it was. He found him. And and that's the thing, is this is the new school versus the old school, like you said earlier. And it's the Russell Wilson, maybe one read, he gets back. If his one, if one guy isn't open, he scrambles out of the pocket, and hopefully someone can get open. Peyton Manning shows that there is some validity to the idea that you can have a drop-back passer and be effective in the National Football League. And remember, Richard Sherman can't guard all three, can't be in three places at once. He's the best corner in the league uh, without, without argument. And uh, I do think Peyton will find a way to torch that defense. I don't know if it'll be in the 30s because it's going to be so cold out there. Right. But I think maybe, you know, high 20s, 28, 21, something like that. Um, I, you know, what's really interesting, though, is hearing all this talk about Peyton Manning. Um, what, how much about his legacy, Chris, lies in this one game, like this one football game, just because it happens to be the biggest football game in the world. If he wins this... He's now the best, maybe to some, the best quarterback of all time. If he loses it, he's a flawed, Marino-like quarterback who could never win the big game. He's it's a, unbelievable. He's a flawed, Marino-like
0: quarterback who, who has a Super Bowl. He won
1: one. <laughs> and people like are honestly trying to subtract that. Like it never listen, happened.
0: Listen, I, I don't care what anybody says. Win or lose, Peyton Manning is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I, he is. If you go to fo- profootballreference.com right now, go there. And look at the Indianapolis Colts before and after Peyton Manning got there. He had that one season, his rookie year, they were three and thirteen. I, I wanna I wanna remember correctly. I think for thirteen straight years, if I'm not mistaken, I, I looked this up a while ago, my, my head's a little foggy, but for thirteen straight seasons, ten or more wins. And then what you need to do is take a look back at the thirteen years before Peyton Manning showed up. If you don't think that that guy is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, barring the result of this game, you're nuts. You're out of your mind. Everybody now, it's been it's been like this forever. Everybody's judged by championships, you know. Joe Namath, he, he I always bring Joe up, and I understand how big that game was because that was the reason, part of the reason, why the NFL was merged. I mean, that if the Jets get killed in that game. Who knows if the AFL is still around because the Packers absolutely destroyed the AFL in the first two Super Bowls. And then Joe Willie comes along taking on, you know, the Colts who were supposed to run away with that game. you ever seen Joe Namath's numbers First career?
1: I, I like you're looking at me like I know what you're talking about, but I don't think my parents had even met yet. Oh, <laughs> I'm boy. like, I'm like, I. you know, you know how old I am. But
0: have you ever seen his numbers? Have you ever looked at his numbers? No, no, I haven't. I, awful. And I know you can't just judge a book by its cover. You can't just judge Joe Namath by the numbers. I'm not being asinine and saying that, but he's looked upon as one of the best quarterbacks ever because of that one win, because of what he did. And I get that because of the enormity of the situation and what it did for the league. It's what he did for the league. And an interesting story, Fred Dreyer, who was his teammate, for the on the Rams when Joe went to the Rams, somebody hit Joe the wrong way or something. I don't know how the story goes, but Fred Dreyer went onto the field and said something to one of the guys and said, "Are you out of your Are you out of your mind?" He saved, he saved his job. job. That's that's, that's what, what it says. was. That's what, that's what, what it says. was. I mean, that's why Joe Damon is so big. But if you look at his numbers now, if you're a kid who never saw him play, and listen, I never saw him play. I was born in 73. <laughs> I wasn't born. I didn't see that Super Bowl. I'm not that old. But, you know, I, I just don't see how you could look at Peyton Manning's numbers the same way you would look at Joe Willie's numbers and not give this guy the credit that he's due. You know, if, if the Broncos don't have Peyton Manning, are they in the Super Bowl? No, no, not even a shot. If the Broncos don't have Peyton Manning last year, were they in the position to win the way they were?
1: No. They made the genius decision to not rely on him. Just look at that,
0: and I I get it, you know, but Peyton Manning is one man. Now, look, if he goes out there and throws six picks, (laughs) you could get all
1: over him. I don't care. Well, that's he probably, in that case, he would have taken too much of Eli's advice about the wind
0: at Medline. Uh, Right. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) But. But I'm serious. I mean, unless he has just an absolute dog of a game, if he throws four touchdowns and an interception and the Broncos lose somehow, how, is he, how could you look at him as you know being one of the worst quarterbacks? If the defense loses the game, now I'm going to Tony Romo for crying out loud. You know, everybody gets on Tony Romo and, and that game they lost. Uh, who is it? Was it the Broncos? It was the Broncos. It was that 51-48 game in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the final score. And and everybody got on Tony Romo. They were up 26-3 at the half. What happened to the defense? One of the worst defenses I've ever seen. What happened to the defense? Listen, Tony Romo deserves... Some of the stuff he gets. But the guy threw threw for over 500 yards, five touchdowns. He threw one pick or whatever it was, one or two picks. I think it was two picks. And the second – no, that was Green Bay. He threw the two picks. That game you could get on him. But the the Bronco game where he threw the one pick and it was the one that, you know, iced it for Denver, where was the Dallas defense? Where's all the vitriol for the Dallas defense? You
1: know what's crazy, honestly, Chris? Quarterback is the only position in
0: football. That we we well then I we, that, that, let me just say this before I forget, and then you can make your point. Then I get all my friends tell me, "Well, that's why he gets fifty five million dollars from Jerry Jones." Oh my goodness, uh, go ahead.
1: I was gonna just I was just gonna say, quarterback is the only position in football that only you can only gain respect at that position by winning Super Bowls. But if you play right. any other position, nobody cares. No, if you like Jonathan Ogden, do we know how many Super Bowl rings the guy has? No. I don't know off the top of my head. Because he's the best left tackle right. in my lifetime, but right. we don't care how many championships right. he has. Absolutely. He was just great, so we accept it. We can't accept greatness in football. At you know the who Mike Lodish position. is? You
0: know who Mike Lodish is? No, I don't. You have no idea who Mike Lodish is? No. He's been in the most Super Bowls ever for a player. Defensive lineman.
1: Yeah. Played don't know about the, him. Played for the Bills. He was a quarterback. Won, I probably have a picture won, of him two at the wall. Broncos.
0: One two at the Broncos. Played with the Bills and lost a couple with them. Uh, lost three with the Bills and... Actually, no, lost four with the Bills and lost two – or won two with the Broncos, with with John Elway. But isn't that
1: unbelievable? If you find a player – you don't know who he is. Yeah, that's great. At any other position besides quarterback, that's never I just been in yeah, it doesn't matter.
0: I just wanted to stamp your point right yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me get – I, I want this to be driven sort of by, by Facebook and Twitter, and I did put it out there that the Chris Sheeran Show was coming back. That's hashtag CCCSS. For those of you playing out there, Craig Gordon is one of the people playing at Rocky Top Ski Bum. Love the handle on Twitter, buddy. Uh, He said, uh, I said, uh, Super Bowl 48, uh, who you got and why? Hashtag Broncos because I've loved Peyton since his days on hashtag Rocky Top. That's Tennessee to you and me. And my birthday is the third. He won't fail me. Hashtag you heard. Um, Yeah, uh, the game's on the second, right? Yeah. So he's he's expecting is celebrating his birthday with a Super Bowl victory. I would the love next to day. have
1: my birthday on the Monday after the Super Bowl because be I'm great? usually so bummed out yeah. on that day. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah.
0: See even if your team loses, it's still your birthday. Take
1: a personal day from work.
0: <laughs> you got it all worked out. <laughs> and I also did it on Facebook, uh, and as as luck would have it, uh, I did get responses on Facebook. Uh, they were from a friend and a member of the family but still hey you know whatever you didn't that doesn't have to yeah, be important whatever my cousin davy Rosano said uh, um I like the mustangs cause, cuz see uh, talking to me is cuz don't think the puppy dog QB is quite ready yet just one idiot's opinion Dave Raj, you're not an idiot. Uh, and Brian Sanborn, my, my, my boy from way back in the day in South River, New Jersey. Uh, since August, I've picked Seattle to win it all, but I have some concerns. Seattle's offensive line has not been the same. Injuries and shuffling of the line has made this an issue. Russell Wilson has not been the same QB. He was the first 12 weeks of the season. He will need to win this game for Seattle. Game managing will not work against an offensive line uh, for Denver. Red zone offense critical for Seattle. TDs will be a premium for them for weather. This will be a factor as well. The colder, uh, the windier, the better for Seattle. The old adage is "Defense wins championships." I believe will still ring true. And today, on the anniversary of my toughest sports moment ever, <laughs> of course, you had to bring this up, January twenty seventh, nineteen ninety one, the Giants and Bills Super Bowl. Uh, I will pick Seattle 27, Denver 26, as Prater misses a 45-yarder wide right. Prater doesn't miss. To finally exercise the Scott Norwood demon and replace him with Matt Prater. (laughs) That is wishful thinking, Esteban, Uh, big time. But, uh, yeah. So,
1: basically, people want to know your Super Bowl (laughs) (laughs) prediction. Is that
0: the gist of that? Uh, That's his, yeah, that's that's his prediction. Yeah, so. That's good enough, too. Yeah, that's fine. I I like it. Everybody with seven and six in the pool, your ears and your eyes better get big. Uh, Brian just made you a lot of money, if that's the case. (laughs) I'm going with Denver. Um, And it's because I I just think Peyton Manning, I just think there's no way. You know, he goes to Germany, gets his blood, whatever that procedure was on his neck. You know, he was all in. And everybody's asking him about retiring. And he's like, can I can I play the game? <laughs> can I play the game first before I decide if I'm going to walk away or not? But something he said in that interview that I heard coming in uh, that really hit me was, you know, everybody's asking me that, he said. And he said, but I still like the preparation. I still like working towards a goal. He says, I'm 37 years old. He said, I talked to John Elway. John told me my body was done. My body told me that was it. That's why I walked away. Peyton Manning said, I still like playing. I like being out there with my teammates. And, you know, that's what a lot of people don't get with these athletes. When you walk away, that's it. It's over. It's done. And when you go, especially Peyton – I mean, he has a career in TV, definitely. When oh, he's yeah, done. as soon as he retired. Oh, absolutely. He could be a regular on SNL. I'd watch, I would watch. I would start watching SNL again. Oh, yeah, he's definitely. He was He's great. That United Way thing he did, I, I still laugh at that. It's still funny. Um, get back in there. I didn't tell you to get out. <laughs> Puts the kid in the bathroom. Uh, I just think there's too much on the line for him and, and, and his preparation. And, and last year, I think last year was a wake-up call for him. Yeah, we were great, but yeah, we could lose. And I think that was the best thing that could have happened to him and that team. I think they still have that in the back of their head. That's still a chip on their shoulder. I think Seattle will make it a game, but I'm going 31 27 Denver. Uh,
1: nobody asked what I, th- I thought, but I, uh, I want your. I, I, that's I, why I, I laid out. I
0: was giving you your opportunity. No,
1: I just. I, I was going <laughs> to say it anyway. I don't care. Um, I think. Seattle wins. It's the boring pick, but I think people are underestimating how good their offense is. Marshawn Lynch is maybe the best playoff running back in the last decade. I think he'll run for over 120. I don't even know who's on the Denver defense at this point. It's so bad. So I think Denver played well defensively against New England. I think that they won't play as well against uh, Seattle. And even more importantly, I don't think the Denver offense will be as explosive in the cold weather outside with the wind swirling. At, uh, at MetLife. I'm going
0: 24-17 Seattle. Wow, 17 points for the Broncos. That's it, folks. That's a good way to wrap things up here. The first Chris Sheeran show back in action with Doug Williams, producer extraordinaire. i got to thank Doug for... Uh, doing this for me. He's editing everything together. He's putting it on the website. Of course. We're happy to have you back, Chris. So big ups to Doug Williams, and that's at Doug Williams, yes. Follow him on Twitter and listen to the Yes Men podcast with Doug and Lou DiPietro as well. So I'm back. Uh, Get used to it. Uh, The man is going to have his venting post uh, once a week from now on. We'll be back the day after the Super Bowl. Uh, We'll do this again. Uh, I had a great time, Doug. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I had a great time, Chris. Happy to have you back, as I said. Thank you. And like I said, Facebook and Twitter, keep your eyes opened. Every time I do this podcast with Doug, I'm going to put a question or a comment out there, and your comments or uh, your responses will be read on the air with me and Doug, and we'll react to them uh, on the air. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here on The Chris Sheeran Show on YesNetwork.com.